Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of uh, our Bible in a Year program here at Zion. As you know, I'm Vicar Jared, and today I'm joined by Lucas. Hello. Is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners, Lucas? Uh, well, I'm an eighth grade student at Zion. Uh, I like to get involved with the church, go to youth group and Sunday school. And honestly, reading through the Bible helps me see that, uh, you know, Christ has some different meanings than what my first outlook on life would be. Nice. It'll be great to have you have your perspective. We've had a lot of different people here, a lot of different viewpoints. That's kind of the purpose of the program. So I'm excited to hear what you thought of Philippians. All right. So if you haven't picked up, listener, this is going to be our Bible in a year podcast on the book of Philippians. It's a letter from Paul to the church in Philippi. So uh, a little sort of historical background in order, in order to help set the stage for this book. Uh, the church in Philippi is doing pretty well. They're, they're not having a lot of issues. Paul's actually writing to them as a way of uplifting what they're doing well. Uh, he's writing somewhere between 55 and 60 AD. Something that's unique about uh, this letter, in fact, is usually when it comes to Paul's writing, we're able to kind of mark when and where he wrote it. Unfortunately, here we don't have that information. We know that he was in imprisonment, might have been his imprisonment in Rome or Ephesus, but we don't know which one. So we can't really say specifically what year it was that he was writing to them. But that also means that chances are Philippi, the church in Philippi was doing pretty well for a re relatively long time. <clears throat> um, as I said, with Paul writing to the church, in Philippi, he's writing as a means of encouragement. As we read through some of his other epistles, we get a lot of admonishment. He's writing to stop them from doing certain things. Paul gets reports back from the church in Philippi that these are citizens not only of Rome, but of God's kingdom. They've done a pretty good job of following through on what it is that Paul had led them to do, and he wants to let them know that they're doing a good job. Uh, a little bit of historical background to this, though. Uh, another interesting idea here in terms of the book of Philippians. The church in Philippi and Philippi as a whole was a city, a group of individuals that kind of got passed back and forth historically. Uh, there was a lot of conquering going on. And by the time Philippi got brought into uh, the Roman Empire, they were given citizenship, which some people didn't like, but that's important because uh, to be a Roman citizen came with some special perks. It meant you were kind of counted as a human individual instead of a slave or instead of a lesser than, so to speak. So it didn't come with taxation. It came with a lot of privileges. And that's why as we read through Philippians, you'll see Paul speaks about citizenship very highly. This is something these people would have known. They would have looked for citizenship. They would have wanted it. And Paul's saying, the citizenship you really want is the one who's in heaven. That's your citizenship. That's what you want to be working toward. And you're doing a good job of it thus far. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of our historical background, the dates. Uh, Lucas, what, what kind of stuck out to you here in Philippians? Well, while I was reading through it, I didn't get too far through the first chapter, really, when I saw that Paul, after he told him that he was writing from imprisonment, imprisonment, <clears throat> Uh, he said that he didn't know if he was going to live or die and which one would be better. Mm -hmm. So Paul actually says that if he is going to go on living, 
that's great for all the churches he started. That's great for the people because he gets to help them out. But he also wants to go to heaven with Christ, which is very, very nice once you get to think about it. So he's kind of in a between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, exactly. Paul's a very interesting character, not only because as he writes all these letters, he's in different imprisonments and all of them. He has no guarantee he's going to survive. Right. He is not liked. And in Rome, it's not like there would be some consequences if somebody were to kill him. They could probably get away with it. So he's not sure he's going right. to die. And what's interesting is Paul doesn't lament about his death to those he's writing to. He doesn't lament about his possible death. Right. He says, if I'm going to die, great. My journey's done. That means I can finally go home and be with my Savior. But if I'm not going to die... I guess that's fine, too, because there's still work I need to be doing here, and it's work that I'm going to pass on to you guys. That's a, yeah. a great thing to pull out. Yep. And as he's writing here, you know, you said you said that uh, his, his uh, courage, so to speak, in terms of this, this idea of being here and needing to do something and going and getting to be with the Savior, yeah, we kind of talked previously, he's not doing is severe an exhortation of these people right he's he's encouraging rather than you know yelling saying stop <laughs> it which is it, it's an interesting right. sort of swing yeah and then <clears throat> the other thing that i like to look at is in really close to the middle of chapter two and paul's saying that he's going to send someone to them as soon as he can like get word out that hey you're going here next and then you look farther down and you see that, you know, Paul's not alone in his troubles and strifes in his mission. Uh, one of his co-workers, you could say, um, almost worked himself to death, literally running all over the place and getting people back in line where they were out. Yeah, great. That, that, so... Uh... I'm assuming kind of who you're talking about here is Epaphroditus. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be a key key person to look for, uh, you as the, the listener and the reader here. So Epaphroditus is actually sent by the Philippians to Paul. So he's kind of like the messenger between them. Yeah. He, there's, well, there, he's also meant to be a uh, sort of caretaker. The Philippians are caring for Paul. He's, he's helped them along. He's writing letters. And, and they send Epaphroditus to help him during his imprisonment, bring gifts and all these things. So we get an interesting sort of web of, of the church caring for Paul, Paul lifting up the church, and then Paul also sending uh, other messengers. So we have the church caring for itself in a very wide sense. It's not, yeah. it's not you know, bring bread to the door next door. It's, you know, our messenger is in trouble. We need to send somebody and go. And as you'll, as you'll read, Epaphroditus, pays for it. I mean, he he doesn't have an easy task. And in fact, he almost dies for the sake of helping Paul. Right. And Paul doesn't take that lightly either. When you get to chapter four, Paul literally says, thank you for your gifts. When I went to you, you were every other church that I've been to had a little trouble receiving what I was preaching, but you hopped right on and you've been on that train so to speak from the beginning and it doesn't look like you're getting off 
Yeah. Yep. He's encouraging them because, um, you know, some of these, some of the other churches that he write to when he exhorts them, they're already straying and getting off the tracks. Yeah. Whereas the church in Philippi is staying firm on the tracks. And what he's saying is because you're following me, you're going to pay for it. I mean, there, there's a cost to discipleship and, right. and you're going to pay that cost, unfortunately. But that's what's encouraging about Philippians is we see unity. We see brothers and sisters in Christ caring for one another. Yeah. And then you have to think about if you were in the Philippians um, sort of mindset, you're, you're back in 55, 60 A.D., and you're following Christ, which is great, but then you know you also have this threat looming over your head that the Romans are going to come and get you. That's kind of a tough weight to put between the two. Yeah. Yep. You're you're at threat with your your neighbors, and uh, Rome is a church that. Rome is a is an empire that has multiple gods. So now not only are your neighbors opposed to you. But you're giving up this comfort that you've known of, well, I need this or that, so I'll pray to that God. Now you're saying, I'm going to trade all those gods in for just this one. And in return, I no longer get to do a sort of transaction to get what I want. And my neighbors don't like me anymore. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough trade in the flesh, but the church in Philippi does it willingly. Yeah. And... Paul does say that, that if you were to have one or the other, would you rather have all the stuff you have on earth that you do right now, have your house, all your stuff, or would you rather trade that all in and get eternal citizenship in heaven? Yeah. And I think that really puts it into perspective on how we should be living. That's for sure, yeah. Paul, he does a great job here of of pointing – the church to where they need to be but as the modern day reader as we've talked about before in this podcast it still speaks to us today mm-hmm. and it, it's an encouraging letter to see and it also points us to finding joy where you need to find it philippi is not going to the church in philippi the philippians are not going to find joy in their neighbors anymore they're not going to find joy in these other gods they need to look in the right spot and that's going to be in christ and that's something that we today can uh can look at yeah well did you have any other thoughts uh lucas on on philippians anything else stand out to you well the only other thing was like what you said before it's not a letter of you're doing all this stuff wrong it's good job guys you're doing all this stuff great keep it up and i think that it's where it should be in the Bible because if you're reading through the New Testament, especially the letters from Paul, and you're reading through them, and you've got all these letters coming through, and there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the church, you're like, what's going on with the church at this time? And then you get to Philippians, and you're like, good job, guys. We finally got something right. You get this little bit of a quench to all yes. this like law fire that Paul is is setting upon all these churches. Yeah, it's a great it's a great spot to kind of stop and ponder before you get more some you get a little more law and, and other things. Yeah. yeah, it's a great thing to point out. Well, uh, listener, as you know, when we kind of wrap up these podcasts, <clears throat> we do five main takeaways from from the book that we're in. So for the first main takeaway, and we kind of finished the episode with it. 
find your joy in Christ. He's the only place you can find it. At whether or not you're openly proclaiming the gospel or whatever it might be, those other deities, those other Baals, the other gods in our lives, they're not going to bring joy, lasting joy at least. Christ needs to be our joy. Uh, two, allow your church to be your church. Right now we see the Philippians having turmoil, struggle, strife with their neighbors, and they have their church. They need to be a part of it, just like we need to be a part of it. Life sometimes can get hard, and we're called to be a community. I mean, look at Epaphroditus, look at Paul. Uh, we're called to be in community. Uh, three, when others are in need, go. We see Paul in prison and Epaphroditus goes. It, it's a struggle of a journey, but when others are in need, we need to be with one another. We can't simply sit and wait. Uh, four, live for Christ. Paul does it. Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus does it. The Philippians do it. We got to live our life as though these things that we read, our, our Savior, matters. We got to live for Christ. And then lastly, and I don't know if I'd say most important of my main takeaways, but your citizenship in God's kingdom is the citizenship we need to be concerned about. Ultimately, whatever we're doing here and now, it's a very minor uh, amount of time in, in the timeline. Use that time for Christ, but concentrate and know that your citizenship, the eternal one, is with Yahweh. Well, Lucas, thanks for dropping in and, uh, and giving us your perspectives on Philippians. Yeah. Blessings, reader, as you read through Philippians. I hope it's a, as much of a encouragement as it was for us.